What if you had a cozy, safe space to get really, really real about what it feels like to be an aging woman who still feels so dang young in so many ways in a society that values youth over wisdom and experience? Oh, hey, this is it. You're here. Welcome to the premiere episode of Women Rockin' Midlife Soulful Wellness to Elevate Your Second Act, the podcast dedicated to empowering midlife women to thrive and rock their way through this transformative phase of life. Hi, I'm your hostess, Jen Kunkel. Join me as we explore this midlife thing together, and I guide you on a soulful journey of holistic wellness and self-discovery, ultimately leading you and us to our best, most energetic, most fulfilling life. Hey, so your life is not over when you hit 40 or 50 or even 60, 70, 80. Screw that. It might all be downhill from here. Well, so what? Because think about it. The opposite of downhill is uphill. Do you really want uphill? Not me. Uphill is freaking hard. You know what goes downhill water slides, roller coasters, sleds, and that shit is fun. So let's rock this midlife thing downhill all the way, wind in our hair, hands in the air, with a big old smile like we're at the fair. (laughs) Yeah, I like to rhyme. What's life without a little bit of fun? And yes, we'll talk about the serious stuff too. I'm actually so excited to finally be doing this. This podcast has been in the making probably before I even realized. The reason I'm doing this is because I have loved working out and fitness and health. I was obsessed with it since I was about 19. And for the next decade, I was like addicted I also have a background in personal development, self-discovery. When I was a teenager, I was super shy. I was beyond inferior feeling. I had like the worst inferior com- inferiority complex you could imagine. I didn't even know it. I know that's what it was now. Back then, I just always had this sense that everybody was better than me, that I wasn't worth anything, and I didn't think about it in those kind of terms. It was just more of a feeling like that I was not as important as anybody else. Everybody else was more important than me. I just, I was so insignificant in my own mind back then, and I had suicidal thoughts from the time that I was 12 to 17. That seems like another lifetime now. I I don't even ever imagine. Like it's hard for me to wrap around my wrap my head around the fact that I ever felt that way. And then I, you know, started moving into midlife. Life got busy even before that. And I didn't work out as much. I wasn't as fit. I wasn't eating as well. And then I move into midlife and I start really seeing it. So this is very important to me. 
it's something that I know a lot of people are going through and I'm sort of going through it too. I want to take you on this journey with me and share the things that I know and share the things that I discover. When I get into something, I get obsessed, I start researching. So I want to share this whole journey with other women who are going through the same thing. I have so much to share and I want to give it all to you right now in this one episode like let's go let's do this let's talk for six hours or two days or whatever I know I know I need to calm down though I don't want to fire hose you and overwhelm you the biggest challenge I had with this first episode was deciding what to start with and only picking one topic so here's the deal I didn't. I'm not going to fire hose you though, at least I don't think I will. I'm going to touch on the main topics I have in mind for this show overall. Then we'll have an infinite number of episodes to go super deep into all of them because I have committed to doing this podcast weekly for at least the next year and hopefully it's amazing and great and everybody loves it and I love doing it and I'll just keep doing it. The underlying essence of everything about this show is to give you that safe, cozy space to join me in conversation about living with passion, purpose, and adventure as we age, as we move into the second half of life, or viewing it as a play in our second act. Let's make that act freaking amazing. We have a choice to experience this phase of life as inevitable decline. No, let's not do that. Or as an opportunity to elevate the way we live. Maybe you've guessed already. I'm for elevating. How about you? It's so funny. My niece, she's 27, and she's like already talking about getting old, feeling old, talking like she's running out of time. Oh my gosh, I'm almost 30. Well, I can't give her too much of a hard time because at exactly the age of 27, I remember feeling that way too. All the way from the time that I was 27 until I was 30. I stressed so much about being 30 for three years. Three years, seriously. And then the day I turned 30, I was also planning a divorce from my husband of six years. We had been together for 10. And I had been miserable for like the last half of the time we were together. I was away from my family. I was just not happy about my life at all because I was not happy in the relationship. So we were getting divorced. I was getting ready to leave my engineering job and move back to Vegas. All the ducks weren't quite in a row yet. Probably, I think it was within a month or maybe just a couple of weeks of that that I ended up coming back. I had it planned already. So I pretty much spent my 30th birthday alone and I went and got my belly button pierced because when I mentioned to him before that I wanted to, he kind of poo-pooed it and was like, oh, that's so dumb, whatever. So I was like, I'm doing what I want. So I did that 
And I just realized that it was just a number. Who cares? So, of course, now, you know, at 40-something or 50-something or 60-something, 70, 80, whatever you are, that sounds crazy, right? Then 40 seemed ominous. You know, for me, not much changed. I really didn't, I really didn't have that same kind of freak out. Not quite. Of course, you know, I'm thinking, ooh, 40, like, is it going to be, am I going to start feeling old now? So I had a friend in my 40s when I was 27 and I was having that freak out, or maybe I was 28 or 29, I don't know. And she assured me her 30s were the best. And I always had that in the back of my mind. And actually, my 30s were pretty good. And I decided my 40s were going to be even better. (laughs) Then, who surprise, no period. Oh my gosh, am I pregnant? At least three times this happened. No, I wasn't pregnant. I did find out about this thing called perimenopause. And honestly, I was really fortunate. That was the only thing I really noticed is that occasionally I would miss a period and otherwise I was totally regular. So we'll talk about perimenopause on this show because I know some people have a lot of challenges with it. That went on for a really, really long time, like a decade. So then 50, right? 50 is looming and I'm like, holy shit, that isn't even possible. Someone is doing the math wrong. So even if you're not there yet, maybe especially if you're not there yet, you're probably feeling some kind of way about turning 50. I was. And then I decided to embrace it. I was still actually getting periods, no sign of actual menopause, like nothing. And I was just like, oh, that'd be great if my periods just stop. Well, 50 and they're still going. And I was talking to a friend about it and she's like, she just was like shocked. She was like, you still get your period? I'm like, yeah, and she said, so I was like, yeah, what happened with you? And she said, 45, they just stopped, nothing else. I was like, nice, that was my plan too, huh? Joke's on me. I don't get control over that, apparently. So now I'm almost 55, and the past couple years is when it really started hitting. I started really feeling old and sluggish and tired all the damn time. I'd look in the mirror and I'd think, who the F is that? I was definitely not feeling very sexy. And to be honest, right now, I'm actually the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Well, minus a few pounds. And then I decided to start this business and this podcast around wellness at the heaviest I've ever been. (laughs) Yeah, here's the thing. I want to let you know that you're not alone. I want to take you on this journey of discovering what's going on. And also, because I know what to do. 
I've been into fitness since I was 19. I was meeting my ex-husband at his house one day. This is while we were dating. And he was finishing up a workout. He had workout equipment in his house. So I don't know whose idea it was. Probably hit. He was like, hey, come try this. And I was like, just yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't want to get all sweaty. He's like, just do a little bit. You're not going to get sweaty. Just do like three reps or something. You're not going to get sweaty. So... I tried out the machine, and I don't know how I could base this on three reps. I did, though, and I was like, wow, I really like this. I instantly fell in love. I was like, yeah, I like that. I That makes me feel strong. I had never done any kind of that. I actually took as little PE in school as possible. In sixth grade, I had the option of taking band or music to get out of PE. So I borrowed my friend's flute and I took band and I learned how to play the flute so I could not do gym class. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, that's how unathletic I believed I was. Well, turns out I really was athletic. I loved working out. I joined a gym near the office I worked at. I had their house trainer show me how to use the equipment and I got, you know, a basic workout routine. I started going every weekday at least. I did weights before work. I take a shower, go to work, do my day, have lunch, whatever. Then after work, I would go back to the gym and do an aerobics class. And then I would go home and take my second shower at home. Well, when I get into something, I get obsessed. I want to know everything I can about it. I want to do it right. I want to do, I want to just know everything there is to know about it. So I studied all the books I could get my hands on. This was pre-internet, of course. I was 19, 54 now, do the math, no internet. If you're listening to this, you probably know that. So I studied all the books I could get my hands on about fitness and weight training. I think I tried the library and maybe didn't find too much, or I just wanted them, I wanted books of my own for reference so I could keep checking back and really study them. So I went to the bookstore and I bought these fitness and weight training books like Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding and then some female bodybuilder that I think he trained. There wasn't a lot out there back then, honestly. And then I'd say in the 90s, I started learning more about nutrition too. Yeah, some of that was maybe a little bit sketchy because we ended up getting into the whole fat-free craze, which I now know was not good because everything that was fat-free was like completely filled with sugar. So anyway, I studied my ass off learning about all this stuff on my own. And I've actually was certified as a fitness trainer right after I got divorced when I was 30. So I know what to do. I also know I'm not doing any of it consistently. And that's the key. Well, that's one of the keys. So why else am I doing this? I know there are a lot of myths around aging and weight and women are falling for it. Believing they're doing the right things 
when they're not. And sometimes they only need small tweaks. Sometimes it's big things that are off base. It really hurts my heart and I want to help people that women are resorting to extremes. I've recently heard of women who are injecting drugs with, with a doctor. They're not just going around getting this stuff off the street. I don't know. They might be. But it's something that the doctors are prescribing. They're injecting these drugs for weight loss, which some of them are actually intended, maybe all of them, are actually intended for diabetics. They have side effects up to and including possible death. Personally, I don't care how slim that chance is that the side effect might be death, but if they have to list it as a possible side effect, it is significant enough and I cannot even believe that it's allowed on the market when that is a possibility. It is tragic and maddening to me that these so-called solutions get pimped out so that someone can make a buck and they don't even care if somebody dies because of it. They don't care if you die because of it. So I'm taking a stand against this kind of deception. Women like us are going around feeling frustrated about unexpected weight gain that seems to have no explanation and no way of getting it off. Like the traditional stuff just doesn't seem to be working. I have my theories about that too, and that involves the food industry. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. I can assure you we will though. We're experiencing depression, feeling insignificant, like we're being phased out for new, newer models. Well, I'm taking a stand against that too. We're confused about what's really healthy, being deceived, like I said, by the food industry and the medical industry. They're pimping out drugs for weight loss instead of, or even if you have other health problems, they're not even talking to people about lifestyle changes. I mean, some doctors do. A lot of them don't, though. They just want to prescribe you a pill that you have to take for the rest of your life. We're not being informed, at least not in the mainstream, about holistic and alternative options to resolve physical wellness issues. Most people believe the doctors when they say the only option is a drug, when in reality, drugs are usually band-aids, treating a symptom without ever addressing the root cause. Sometimes they don't even know what the root cause is. Sometimes they don't even look for it. I swear this is what happened with my stepdad. I don't know what they were looking for. He was in the hospital and he got released with no real answers as to what was going on with him. He was in rehab, then he ended up back in the hospital again. I made sure I showed up every single day to find out what the heck was going on. And I, if I thought they were going to release him without answers, I kept pushing for answers. And part of this is because he happened to get an amazing doctor at the time too. So I don't know if it was that or if it was me pushing. I was definitely there every day to talk to the doctor 
and make sure they knew that we wanted answers what was going on with them and not just have him be released back to rehab or home without knowing what was causing his problems. We did finally get the answer and it was actually crazy. He had stage four cancer in his stomach. He had had esophageal cancer three years before. So how the other hospital never saw that, I have no clue. So that's what I'm saying. They can't be looking for the answers if they're not finding something that should be that obvious. Some other reasons why I'm doing this, and this is really where my heart comes into play. This is, this is really at the heart of everything for me. Most women have no idea how much of a connection there is between our mind, our emotions, and our body. One affects the other and the other affects one. We have no idea how huge a factor stress and other emotions play in our ability to drop weight and on our overall health, which affects our quality of life. If we have crappy health, we have a crappy quality of life. Think about it. Do you know people who are always sick? Are they enjoying life? Are they miserable and having trouble getting around and they're never able to do anything and they just look like they don't want to live anymore? Because, yeah, maybe they don't. Most people don't realize the effect of trauma that we've had in our lives and how that becomes stored in the body and how that affects our health over time. They don't know about neuroscience and our subconscious mind and how that affects our health and our well-being, physical and mental and emotional. They don't think about self-discovery, personal development, self-love as a part of health. So I am taking a stand. We can live a full life in our second act when we elevate our health. When we look at the impact of the whole of how we treat our bodies and treat our minds and pay attention for ourselves. Take personal responsibility. Don't just believe the so-called authorities and what they tell us is right. I'm taking a stand for that. I'm taking a stand for you. I want to end each episode with a challenge question. Question to contemplate and bonus points if you journal on it. What are the actions you take on a regular basis that support your wellness? And what are the actions you take that work against your wellness? No judgment here. Simply notice and observe. And then bonus question. Of the actions that you wrote down that you're, or that you're contemplating that you take on a regular basis that support your wellness, are you sure? Are you sure that those actions are really things that support your wellness or is that just something that you've been told by the so-called authorities, the so-called experts, and you believed them? I want you to question everything, even me. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been awesome. I got the first episode under my belt and I hope you really enjoyed it. 